to the Time for Teaching podcast. This podcast explores the joys and challenges of teaching in higher education. I'm Kelly Fox. And I'm Kim Reed, and I'm very excited to be here, as always. And this week, we have three special guests joining us from Cambrian College's Teaching and Learning Innovation Hub. We have Sarah Wendorf, Chris Schubert, and Mel Young. Kim, we haven't had three guests on before, so this will be uh, fun, uh, interesting and fun. But before we get started, we should probably take a moment so that we can all get to know our guests a little. Yes, wonderful idea. So typically we would provide a little introduction for our guests, but we thought since this is the first time we have the guest trifecta in the house, we thought it might be fun to start by asking you each to introduce yourself. So we'd love to know your name, your role at Cambrian, and just one interesting or fun thing about you. So Mel, would you like to start us off? Sure. Thank you very much for having us here. My name is Mel Young. I am an educational developer in the hub. One interesting thing about me that I think that most people find interesting is that I scuba dive. So my husband and I have been scuba diving in a lot of cool places. Tobamori, beautiful, so many great shipwrecks, Great Barrier Reef, so much sea life. So uh, that's me. Very cool. And that is definitely very interesting. And we've actually had another guest. Is it Kelly Duggan? Kelly, who's also a avid scuba diver. Yeah. So you're our yes, second guest yes. who's really into scuba diving. Absolutely. So that's very cool. Okay. Awesome. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself next? Sure. Uh, thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Chris Schubert. I'm the Senior Educational Technology Specialist at Cambrian's Teaching and Learning Hub. And fun fact about me, I'm from Wisconsin originally, and I'm actually just applying for citizenship now. So I'm in the midst of like studying for my citizenship test and waiting for those results or waiting for the test date, actually. So that'll be fun. Very cool. Well, that's really exciting. And we'd be happy to welcome you to Canada as a permanent resident. So that's awesome. Thanks so much. Sarah, would you like to introduce yourself next? Sure. Thanks for having us. My name is Sarah Wendorf. I am a senior instructional designer in the Hub. And a fun fact about me is I'm an avid gardener. I have a quite a large greenhouse in the backyard that uh, just this past spring, I started uh, like a little plant nursery. So I've been selling plants uh, out of my backyard, which is super fun. Well, welcome so much to my friends from Cambrian. I am so glad you guys were able to coordinate, we were all able to coordinate our schedules and, and be able to meet. Um, I think I first met Mel and Sarah through Greg Rodrigo um, when you guys made the mighty drive down the highway to the bustling city of Barrie uh, to join us at our Focus on Teaching conference and you had a chance to meet James Lang. But I think I really got to know you when we partnered for the Focus on Teaching uh, 2021, so this past year event. And that's where I had the opportunity to uh, meet Chris. And I have to say, I am your biggest fans ever since. <laughs> so wonderful. And I am very excited to meet all three of you today. Um, and from what I hear, you three do work similar to Kelly and I. So we would love to hear what you've been up to and maybe some cool things that your very innovative team have been doing. Uh, we talk a lot on the podcast about what fills our cup in both professional and personal context. So what work are you currently doing at Cambrian's Teaching and Innovation Hub that you feel is filling your cup? What are you excited about? What are you proud of? What's happening? So Mel, maybe we can start with you again. Sure. Um, one thing that we've piloted this year, you know, pandemic times, we've 
and reactionary and kind of changing some things around. But this year, our onboarding program, our teaching excellence program, we've designed it to be a flipped model. So, uh, you know, they're engaging in some of the learning ahead of time before they come to the synchronous session, whether they come face to face or synchronous online. We focus the synchronous session for application. So like guided application of the, the theory that they that they learned about. And then they have uh, some kind of like follow up homework. But we really embedded in the um, the follow up authentic assessments. So having the folks, um, for example, when we're talking about engaging students, they're going to just submit how they engage students in their in their course currently and then what they plan on changing going forward. So um, very hands on, very authentic um, assessments for that for that onboarding program. So yeah, I think that's uh, that's been a, a a big major change for that program anyway. So it's not all just in classroom, you know, for three hours, you know, talking about things. Very cool. I am uh, uh, madly writing uh, notes right now. So I, maybe that's not cool that I'm doing that, but I'm like, oh, what a great idea! I can I always share with you the Moodle, the Moodle shell. <laughs> oh, yes, I, w- I would love to actually. I would love to see sort of how you sort of uh, uh, enacted it. So that would be really, really cool. So thanks, sure. thanks, Mel. From Sarah, do you want to share? Sure. Yeah. So a new thing that we've been working on, actually. Mel and I, uh, we've developed a new course development process for online asynchronous courses. So we've been developing a lot of courses for Ontario Learn uh, at Cambrian, and we noticed that the the process in the past was very frustrating for people. It uh, it wasn't super clear um, when we hired course developers. There was no real you know process or, or anything that we could give to them to say like here is what an online asynchronous course should be. So what we've done is we've created some templates. We have a checklist. We have um, a Moodle course that they can just sort of be given and it's like a plug and play. So they just, uh, you know, fill in the blanks where needed. And uh, so far it's been really, really helpful for people. So we're, we're quite proud of that process and it saves us a lot of time too. Like we're doing it in a sprint style. So, uh, you know, for every part of the process, it's, it's a, a quick, you know, meeting that we get together and, and do it all together. So, um, so yeah, we were quite happy with that. Um, and then otherwise, like filling the cup question, um, you know, right now we are in a bit of like a reactive innovation mode instead of proactive innovation. So we haven't really had time as a team to sit down and like, you know, come up with some cool new ideas. But we're, we're pretty proud of responding to people as they need the help uh, in a very timely way. So, uh, you know, helping, helping our faculty is one of the, the great things of our, our roles. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think it's so great that you're embracing the fact that sometimes it's wonderful to be proactive anytime we can, and sometimes we have to be reactive. So um, that seems to kind of be par for the course and what the expectation has been over the past almost two years now, 18 months at least. Um, So it has been a challenging 18 months, but um, I'm not surprised to hear that you're finding ways to meet your faculty where they are and to uh, provide some of those kind of just in time and uh, just enough and just for me solutions that uh, we know that our faculty are really craving right now. So that's wonderful. Okay, Chris, anything that you'd like to share that fills your cup these days? 
Sure. Uh, I think kind of going off of what we we're just talking about, um, one of the things we're trying to do is really focus on making a lot of our re support resources and asynchronous um, professional development opportunities for faculty, uh, just really focusing on making them strong asynchronous resources where we can. So not just like you have a live session in class and you happen to record it as an afterthought. We're trying to really kind of put some forethought into that, into it and make it a lot better um, kind of compared to what we may have done as like really reactive stuff, right? So we're trying to, where we can, really think about how we can switch things up and make them kind of just more mindful and aware that people might be, you know, needing things at all hours of the night and night and day and whenever, weekends, so that kind of thing. And I'm trying to think what else. We're trying to also get going a community of practice for faculty who are interested in just kind of like sharing ideas and best practices about teaching and learning and especially during the pandemic and faculty who might be new to things like high flex or might be teaching uh, virtually for the first time, right? We have a lot of new faculty again every semester who are kind of struggling with this because they haven't done it before. And if they have, it was always in person. So we're still getting newcomers to this, even though we're, you know, 18, 19 months in now. Yeah, that's fantastic. And love to hear the idea of the asynchronous offerings as well. It's something that we have a lot of conversations uh, around at Georgian uh, with such a high NFT population and our faculty. Um, we've realized that we were at the start of the pandemic, we were planning and prepping and uh, prepared to deliver lots of sessions that we thought were going to be super helpful for faculty and realized very quickly that uh, very few people had capacity for PD at the start of this. Everyone was in full on survival mode and just trying to kind of keep that boat afloat. Um, so the idea of creating kind of a suite or a collection of asynchronous uh, PD is wonderful because I think that it helps uh, faculty choose when, where, and how they access things uh, because we're all so busy these days. But I think it's also kind of an equity piece for our NFT faculty as well, who uh, many folks still work full-time or at least part-time in the field. So um, it's really nice to hear that that's um, a big part of what you're doing right now. So thanks so much for that. Yeah. A part of the key thing, I think, with the asynchronous stuff is that it's um, instead of having like live sessions that you record and then you just post afterwards, it's nice to have like really mindfully created asynchronous uh, learning objects or, or learning opportunities for faculty so that they feel like it's speaking to them rather than them just passively watching something that was maybe delivered online or in Zoom. So I think that that we've had feedback from faculty that they've really enjoyed that those that change has happened that mindful really preparation of those asynchronous so that they don't feel like they were just passively watching you know everyone else participate in a session so I was just going to say, when you make them like really concise and condensed, um, you kind of really focus what you're trying to say and give it to them in kind of bite-sized nuggets that it's really useful instead of sitting there for an hour where there's people in the room asking questions that may not be relevant. It's they can get their information in five, 10 minutes. It's really clear, concise and quick, I think is really important now. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. I think it's such an important accessibility piece. We know that our students right now are asking for more flexibility, which we hope to talk about in a few minutes. Um, um, but I think that it's probably safe to say that many of our faculty are looking for the same thing as well, particularly over the past, uh, the previous school year when lots of parents had kids at home or folks are picking up other jobs or they're helping out other loved ones or they have lots of different responsibilities. Um, I know that during the pandemic, my husband and I were certainly not in a unique situation, but we were in a situation where we had all three of our kids at home, two learning from home and one preschool age who we pulled out of daycare. Um, and so we were splitting the workday. So 
one of us would start working at around 6.30 or 7 and we'd work till lunchtime and then the other would work from lunchtime until dinner time, And then the kids would go down and then I'll, we'd continue our work day into the evening when the kids were asleep and we'd both continue working. So being able to access things when you need them and the to access resources that are very concise and straightforward and kind of like the pared down simplified version of things is so, so, so important. So, um, yeah, definitely, uh, think what you're doing is wonderful and I'm sure your faculty are uh, very appreciative of all that too. Yeah. I have a really good example. Funny enough, it's always serendipitous, but, uh, I was actually organized. I know you guys will be surprised, but I was organized before a meeting today and I had like half an hour. And so I was poking around on some resources and I found this, what I thought was a really cool resource related to academic integrity. So I clicked on the video and I had to take a triple take. They literally recorded six and a half hours of a video for which it was, there was no breaks. There was no way to figure out what was what. I mean, I was, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to even try. Like, I'm not even going to try to to go through that resource. I bet you there was a ton of excellent resource or excellent information, but I just was like, nope, click. And, you know, when we think about our faculty needing or having like 10 minutes or, you know, having 30 minutes to do something, that's what they need. Quick, concise, got to go, got to get her done and moving on. So kudos to you guys. That's, uh, that's an awesome uh, project for sure. All right. So we also know, and Chris, you kind of started to talk a little bit about it as well, that you are leaders in the world of flex delivery, something that we here at Georgian, we're working very hard to roll out for our students at a very large scale, at a fairly large scale in the winter term. We'd love to hear uh, about your flex experience so far. What has the feedback been like from, you know, students? Uh, is there any lessons learned in the process that is worth sharing? Um, and maybe what are you excited about for the future of flexible delivery? Um, so at Cambrian, we started teaching uh, with a high flex delivery model before the pandemic even. So we, we've we kind of had a jump start on it, oddly enough, like we were talking about serendipity here. And that was very for, like fortuitous for us because we kind of had an idea of what virtual teaching could and should look like. And we had worked out some of the kinks, right? So that was really lucky for us. Um, and we had really a handful of, at least a handful of really, really good, engaged, quality faculty teaching those types of courses, which I think is key. So we had a handful of champions that we called them, and they led kind of a group of of the people who were teaching virtually or in this high flex delivery mode. Um, they led this sort of community of practice where they could, again, ask each other questions or get feedback or bring up common issues that they might be having and just really lean on each other for support and mentorship. And so I think that that's one of the key takeaways um, that we could maybe recommend is having that sort of support system, finding those early adopters who are very comfortable with it or maybe have been doing similar things and really leaning on them to kind of help you uh, with new faculty who might be teaching for the first time in that delivery mode. So that was one thing that was really that worked really well. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from students about the high flex delivery mode because of all the things we're mentioning, right? People are working other jobs, they have kids or other commitments, or you know, they only have certain times either after their kids go to bed or very early in the morning when they can do this. Um, not to mention it allows you to kind of reach a broader geographical area, which especially now during the pandemic is huge with re travel restrictions and whatnot. So all of these things are, are fantastic to have for students and to provide them those opportunities. So that's a good pro of it. And one thing we were kind of thinking about too, as we were 
chatting about this question beforehand, we were thinking that there's a lot of considerations that we we need to keep in mind as we're doing this, like just the extra time to really be mindful of how you teach in like a flex delivery. So just making sure that your students who are online don't get left behind um, because you're you know, teaching to your students face to face or vice versa. You've got to really be conscious that there's both of those groups at the same time who are there, as well as some who are asynchronous. So it's kind of a juggling act, right? And like a balancing act where you're trying to just keep a lot of things happening at the same time. So yeah, we're kind of just working really closely with people to figure out what those best practices and ideas are and what the the sort of channel is for support and how we can build a support network for people kind of maybe making that asynchronous as well, right? Because faculty are working all all the time too at different hours. So things like that. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And we've had a number of questions. Um, I'm part of the Flex Delivery team at George, and we've had a number of questions already about kind of practical application, like what are students saying and how did faculty find this particular thing? So I think you bring up such a great point um, with kind of the idea of setting up like a community of practice or an asynchronous sharing space, because I think so often, like I think about myself as a parent, I think you can get kind of trapped in the data sometimes. So like something happens or someone has like, you know, a rash or an injury or some sort of ailment and you go onto Google and it's like, well, that's it guys. We had a good run. Like, (laughs) you know, that all signs point to one terrible thing. Um, but if you go to like your social media or you text some other parents that, you know, and say like, Hey, has this ever happened? Oh yep. Yep. That happens. You just need to, you know, put this on it or wrap this around or something like that. And it's such a kind of comforting thing to talk to someone who's been through it. Um, so I think that, I mean, that's a weird example to use, but I just think the idea of speaking to someone, like sometimes the anecdotal data and evidence is almost more helpful um, when things are getting off the ground like this in a pilot project, like a flex thing. Um, so I think that's a really good point. Mel or Sarah, anything else to add? I was going to say, in in speaking with some other educational developers, like across Canada, um, talking about high flex and you know, how, how that's rolling out at different institutions, getting, getting folks set up to be successful right from the outset is, is really good for buy-in because oftentimes if you have a faculty member and you just let them struggle through it, what ends up happening is they, they hate them. They hate it. And then they don't want to teach that way ever again. Right. So really providing enough support ahead of time, not only to get them set up on the tech, but get them comfortable with the tech first. And then often you can switch over to the pedagogy conversation in in what activities are you going to do? How are you going to make this look for online versus, you know, synchronous or in class? So then that way the faculty feel comfortable with the tech ahead of time. Then they're able to start thinking about the pedagogy. I think it's also important to help people or help the faculty out when they're first planning these courses. So, you know, when you do a lesson plan, like when I do my lesson plan for face-to-face, now I'm teaching it completely online, synchronous. I can't do some of the same activities. So I need to think about that ahead of time, right? So in a flex environment, because you're thinking about face-to-face, what am I going to do also for my synchronous online students at the same time? And then what am I going to give the asynchronous students as an option? If you can as much as possible give faculty the opportunity to plan all that ahead of time, it helps save time during the semester that's not time focused on like the selection of those tools, right? Yeah. And one thing you were mentioning that I'll, I'll kind of touch on real quick is 
getting them familiar with the technology ahead of time. So we're kind of thinking about transitioning to this flex model, maybe after study break or possibly into next semester, depending on everything. You know, it's such an unknown right now. But one thing we're doing now is allowing faculty access to the classrooms to at least get familiar with the space so that they can practice like logging in and teaching a class maybe from the room without any students there yet, but just to at least kind of work out some of those issues potentially with the technology in the classrooms or at least get them thinking about how to use it. So build that comfort level really early on and then again switch the the focus to you know strategies on pedagogy and how to how to plan your lessons really for teaching in that different delivery mode. And aside from our teaching and learning centers, it's really important to provide students like the onboarding ahead of time. Some feedback, not just like from our institution, but from others that I've I've in, been in conversations with, we're talking about students were partway through the semester before they even realized that they could switch from face-to-face to asynchronous or, or vice versa, or that they're able to jump in and out depending on the week, depending on their schedule and their needs. So it's really important to onboard the students as well to let them know what their options are and what class looks like in those different modalities. So I think if you had some kind of, um, you know, like asynchronous onboarding that kind of gives them some information about what they should expect in this type of modality, I think that would be really beneficial to students. And in conversations with some other folks, I've heard and we've seen most of the time students want face-to-face or they want asynchronous. You'll have like a very small pocket that wants the synchronous, uh, the synchronous option, but allowing students to see that they're able to jump into that synchronous session, maybe if they need to stay home for whatever reason, just to let them know that that is an option. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Mel. We've had lots of discussions in our flex training about how this kind of delivery modality, particularly in the piloting process, requires so much kind of transparency and, you know, open and honest conversations. Um, And that's a really good point because I think that there's assumptions sometimes that students understand things the same way that we do. And I think that can be really dangerous. So letting students know, and we talked about this with, um, we interviewed Erica Lamb from, uh, or sorry, Erica Kelly from Lambton um, a couple weeks ago. And she was saying that even in her her online classes, um, she allows students to kind of come as they are each week. And she says to them, just because you were a camera off person last week, doesn't mean that you have to be a camera off person this week or vice versa. So um, we have to be really context centered, I think, when we're teaching and allow students the choice and and remind them. I always, I always used to say to my husband, I think in both teaching and parenting, uh, it, you'd be hard pressed to come up against redundancy. I think that you like repetition is so key in both of those things. Um, So reminding students each week, you know, thanks for being here in whatever capacity you were and see you next week in whatever capacity feels right for you next week. So um, yeah, thank you. That's another great point to have brought up. Sarah, anything to add? Yeah, so I can add um, an experience that I had as a student in a high flex classroom where one of our faculty members, she was super keen. um, Her class wasn't technically a high flex class, but she wanted to try it herself. She saw that other faculty were having success with it and that they liked the format and that the students liked the format as well. So uh, what she did was she invited me to her classroom, which was very generous of her to, to do. And she said, just sit in as an online student and just give me some feedback on my teaching and and let me know like what you what you observed 
what your experience was like, what the conversation was like on the online side and, you know, audio, video, all of that. So I took some notes and, and I shared that with her. And, and it was really cool to see because you we almost had like, so I'm watching her in her classroom. She's writing on the whiteboard. I can see it very clearly. It was it was easy to see visually. The audio amongst the in-class students was a little bit hard to hear. So, I mean, there, there's different ways of, of, you know, our new flex classrooms that Chris was talking about uh, are, are, are designed to help uh, mitigate that. This was like, this was a few years ago when we, when we tried this. So, you know, considering all of that and then the online chat that was happening amongst the online students was very interesting. It was almost like you kind of had two groups of students sort of having these separate conversations, but then once in a while, the faculty member would bring those conversations together and and then we'd have a larger group conversation and then it would be like okay now break out into your your online chat and then in class we'll talk talk with a partner um, and she was using Nearpod as one of her tools in her class so whatever she was teaching I was able to do it at home the same way that the students in class were participating so it was, it was a really cool like experience to be a student in that um in that sense, and 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 I, I would recommend that to any faculty member who wants to practice and try and, and get some feedback is, you know, invite someone else into your class and, and see see what kind of feedback you'll get. Yeah, that's fantastic. We've tried a few times to launch uh, something called Teaching Squares, where faculty kind of connect and they go and observe one another's courses. Again, it's one of those things that it's difficult to find kind of the time and space to do that right now. Folks are so kind of overloaded. Um, but it is nice, especially if you can log in as an online synchronous student, because you could technically have the course open and be, you know, doing a bit of marking or answering some emails and kind of be following along as well. So it's kind of a low stakes opportunity to be involved, which is a really great idea. Um, also excellent uh, for those who are kind of considering uh, teaching high flex and who have maybe been um, offered a high flex course by their assigning manager to say, well, maybe I'll just observe a high flex class to see. The nice thing at Georgian, I don't know what your um, situation is at Cambrian, but our faculty are being compensated for their development time of their flex courses. So we are telling folks like it's a big undertaking. So teaching three modalities simultaneously is a big undertaking. Um, but we've also heard from folks that once they kind of understand how things work and if they continue to lean on those pillars of high flex, so particularly um, like equivalence and reusability and using those artifacts um, across the different modalities and adapting them accordingly, um, that it can be one of those situations again where it just kind of becomes second nature to say, okay, I've done this discussion in synchronous time. Now I need to facilitate some sort of discussion for asynchronous. And my students are really great at doing this in Flipgrid or they're really great at doing it in Google Docs. So I'm just going to pop over, put the question in there, bing, bang, boom. So um, I think, again, it's one of those things that is it has a steep learning curve. But um, once folks start to get comfortable with uh, that style of delivery, it can be something that just becomes second nature. And so just before we move on, I just want to insert something here that's kind of an observation that we actually, so for, for the podcast listeners, we actually are in recording in Teams and we have a, a together mode going on right now. And so it really looks like we're actually together having coffee or whatever, but it really actually feels like we're having like a really lovely 
collegial conversation that I completely miss when we are in in the before from the before times when we're face to face. So yeah, I, it's so if I can just say so lovely to chat with you folks and you know just sort of have a conversation. Um, and we're you know we're just chatting. So how lovely. So thank you very much for sharing. It's definitely a different feel as opposed to all the boxes, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's neat. It's kind of like that gee whiz factor of like, ooh, this is different and fun, something different to look at. We all need this little bit of excitement these days. Speaking of excitement, we are super excited about your upcoming Northern Lights Conference, October 26th and 27th. So we'd love to hear about what's happening, what your hopes are for the conference, and just kind of what the plan is. So our first experience collaborating with another college for a teaching conference was with you folks for our FOTC in 2021. And we we thoroughly enjoyed the experience. We had lots of great feedback from our faculty and other collaborators at just how lovely it was to get to meet folks from other institutions and share experiences and share some laughs and listen to some great music together and all that wonderful stuff. So we'd love to hear more also about the intercollegiate involvement with, we hear, seven Northern colleges who are collaborating for this event. So basically give us all the deets. What's going on? So the the title of the conference is Northern Lights Reflections on Teaching. And the focus is on uh, teaching and learning in Northern Ontario and how that's a very unique experience for both faculty and for students. And the it, it's, this is our inaugural uh, conference. We've never done this before as a group. Uh, so we've got the six Northern colleges. There's Cambrian, Collège Boreal, Northern College, Canador College, uh, Sioux College. And then uh, folks from Georgian are invited to, uh, to register and attend our sessions. So uh, we're very excited to reciprocate that invitation and um, back up north uh, with us folks. So uh, the theme for the conference is reflect, collaborate and innovate. So we're looking for examples of uh, teaching and learning where people have reflected over this past experience, these 18 months, uh, you know, what's what's working, what's not working, what's, what they want to change, what have they learned, important things like that. Collaboration with colleagues and students. So, uh, you know, Mel did a really great presentation for Focus on Teaching where she brought in uh, her student who had co-created um, some courses with her. So uh, I thought that was a really cool example that we maybe we should look for some more examples of that and share that out. Um, And then innovative teaching and learning practices. So, you know, what what are we projected to carry forward from this pandemic time into the future? And, you know, how are people, how are people thriving right now? I know we're, I know we're surviving, but I know there's some thrivers out there. So it's like, you know, if people, if people want to talk about um, some really good successes that they've had and, and some positive experiences, that's awesome to hear as well. So the conference takes place on October 26th and 27th. Uh, it's full. It's totally virtual and free and open for anyone from the Northern Colleges, including uh, those folks at Georgian who are invited as well. So we're happy to have everybody come and join us. It's going to be a two-day virtual conference. So... I think the sessions will run about 10 o'clock till two o'clock each day, and we'll have a variety of of things to choose from, hopefully. We're putting together a panel of students um, to chat about some of their experiences and kind of talk about the different ways that they're experiencing the pandemic and potentially talk about, you know, high flex and virtual teaching and learning and things that that they've experienced and so how we can benefit from that uh, as people who help faculty or faculty themselves. Uh, We're going to have others talking about 
all sorts of different topics, I guess. Anything related to teaching and learning, especially from a Northern perspective and sharing resources and knowledge and information is always great and hearing from other people. So so our keynote is uh, from Sagamok First Nation and she currently lives in Sudbury and she has taught at Laurentian. Um, she's doing some uh, work right now with uh, York University, actually. She's sort of like retired, but continuing her, her career. She's got over 30 years or close to 30 years of experience um, in education. So uh, and as an Indigenous woman, she's a, she's a great person to talk about uh, reflecting on teaching, um, different ways that she's collaborated with different communities, um, and innovative ways that she has seen teaching sort of morph and change over the years. Um, I actually had her as a, as a professor in teacher's college quite a while ago. Uh, so, you know, things, you know, teaching has changed dramatically since then. So, um, you know, it'd be great to hear from her. Uh, her name is Dr. Pamela Rose Toulouse. So for registrations, we're going to open them up in early October. We're hoping uh, maybe the first or second week of October. And uh, yeah, so we'll have the schedule posted on SCED, which is the same tool that Georgian used for their conference. We thought that was a great tool to use for uh, for registrations and posting the sessions. Um, so yeah, so keep an eye out and we will send some information to, uh, to the Georgian community and to our folks uh, across Northern Ontario when that is open. Wonderful. So we'll invite Fantastic. folks to block their calendars for the 26th and the 27th, and we will be sure to um, have Deb send out the information on uh, how to register. She's so wonderful at keeping us all on schedule and uh, up to date with everything that we need to know. Uh, very exciting to think about that. Again, another thing that we talked um, about Erica or talked with Erica about um, was the kind of benefit of intercollegiate uh, relationships and collaborations and being able to uh, attend conferences like this. So um, in the past, our FOTC was always a face-to-face -face conference. Um, so we've mentioned this a billion times on the podcast, but the COVID catalyst has been wonderful in some ways because it's inspired us to do things like uh, have virtual conferences, which just means that it's so much more accessible for uh, folks to attend. Even if you can only attend the morning, if you teach in the afternoon or vice versa, um, it's so wonderful to be able to pop in and to hear what other folks are up to in their classes and to hear about all the wonderful things that um, our colleagues from other areas of the province are working on. So thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of that. Really excited. And uh, I'm sure we'll have lots of representation from Georgian as well as the other colleges involved. And what a great opportunity to connect with the other colleges as well. That's what I'm also super excited about, sort of expanding that reach. Sarah, Mel and Chris, my friends, what a lovely opportunity to chat with you guys. Um, I wish we could do this more often. I feel like we should do like a coffee date or something like that. <laughs> we really do appreciate your time uh, and your willingness to share and for sure your enthusiasm for what you guys do. I can't wait to hear what else is going on uh, in the future. Uh, I'm probably going to put myself out on a limb and say you guys only scratch the surface onto everything that you guys do at the Hub for sure. I know I see the tweets coming out all the time and I see all the notices of all of the amazing work uh, that you guys do up there. So uh, we look forward to hearing more about what's going on yes thank you so much for being here and we invite you to come back anytime and we look forward to seeing you on the 26th and the 27th for the northern lights conference awesome thanks very much until for then. then thank you thanks thanks all right bye for now